welcome to another episode of Game of Life with Dan Harmon. It's just Dan here again today. I'm thrilled to be joined by a musical theatre performer, choreographer, dancer, singer, Jack Chambers. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that lovely intro. <laughs> now, I have to talk I have to talk to you about Mary Poppins because okay, sure. I saw that last year, I think it was, yeah. at Her Majesty's, Majesty's. Theatre in Melbourne. Yep. And you lived that show for about a year. Yeah, uh, 19 months. 19 months. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah, it was, it was the longest contract I had done thus far. Um, really? But it, it flew by. I yeah. Like, uh, I wasn't ready for it to finish. I mean, I was ready for a holiday. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was tired. But, um, yeah, I wasn't sick for the content or of the show yet, considering it was 19 months yeah. you know, of eight shows a week. So, <laughs> yeah. Still loved it. What was it like living out of a suitcase at that time? Oh, look, I'm... I'm I'm quite used to that now. I've yeah. been I've been traveling the world um yeah for the past 20 years I guess you could say so it's not yeah. not too uh, uh unusual or uncomfortable for me. That strikes me as a pretty fun lifestyle but I think I would get homesick after a while. Oh absolutely yeah, yeah. and I'm a bit of a homebody. Um yeah, yeah. so yeah, I, I can relate in that way. I think the one thing I don't like about living in a suitcase is I I'm not very good at packing uh, in yeah. terms of I overpack yeah right. because I'm like well <laughs> like I need to yeah. have this and that in case this happens this day like you want yeah. I want options yes because um yeah I, I'm you know I I just need my options basically and yeah. so you know that gets a bit harder because I'm like I would love a simpler life not as many suitcases coming yeah. around but I can't help it yeah you know? That, that, that was a big production, Mary Poppins. Certainly was. What was that like? Because we've had some musical theatre theater performers on this podcast before and I just saw re uh, recently Beauty and the Beast in Sydney mm -hmm. as well and that is such a production and like just chore choreographing the sort of stage movements as well mm -hmm. in that show would be a task in, in its own mm -hmm. you don't sort of think about that because the sets are so elaborate and same with uh, mary poppins yeah. so you have to be on every single night you oh, can't absolutely. just sleepwalk through it no you can't yeah. and um i think the biggest thing is because you're sharing such a really a small space yeah. with a lot of people. Mm. So, and it's not just about what you see on stage that is mammoth in terms of yeah. the choreography and scene changes, mm. but how busy it is backstage yeah. is 10 times as chaotic. Oh, oh yeah. There's like a whole other show happening backstage. Oh, absolutely. As well. yeah. You know, you've got your backstage crew, um, you've got your wardrobe department and dresses mm. running around pre-setting costumes here, yeah. your wig department. It's it's as well as the cast. So mm. it's it's quite chaotic. Um and for it to all go seamlessly backstage and on stage is mm. is a mammoth job. And it doesn't always happen. Yeah. But that's yeah. that's sort of actually yeah. the the exciting thing about doing theatre. Yeah. Because we do repeat the same thing mm. over and over again. It has sort of a monotonous sort of feel to it, but every day is actually different. Yeah. Um, I mean, you feel different, but yeah. the audience is different, the reaction is oh, different, yeah. and oh, things yeah. things go wrong and it's your task to try and hide that and uh, uh, keep the show going. <laughs> <laughs> because it can be pretty uniform, how do you keep it fresh every night? It's a very good question. Um, and I, in particular, when I lock something in, once I've gotten comfortable with mm. my content and what my track is, because uh, I choreograph literally everything that I do, yeah. not just on stage but backstage. I, yes. I, I wouldn't say I'm superstitious. Like mm. I have mm -hmm. 
to do this or else. Yeah. It's just, it's, I'm, I love habits. Yes. And I just, once it's locked in, I do pretty much stick to that. Um, but yeah, it is a real task trying to make sure it still is energized, doesn't look, um, uh, like you, 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 yeah, you've, you're sort of sick of it or like yeah. you're, you're not focused and not there because yeah, it can course. happen sometimes yeah. where you're a bit autopilot. Um, some days maybe when you're a little bit tired. Um, but for me, it's audience, it's audience that keeps me yeah, alert. Do you think the audience can tell if someone's just up there going on autopilot? Cause it's very hard to stay on autopilot in a production like that because it is, it is very highly choreographed. Not, not just the, you know, song and dance of it, but the, the the elaborate sets, what's going on behind the scenes as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't, I, I think if an audience member was to be able to sort of see that they would have had to have seen the show multiple times Yeah. to yeah. sort of, uh, you know, be able to compare how a performer how engaged they were one day mm-hmm. to how they weren't the next, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. So um, that'd probably be the only way I think I would be able to tell. Yeah. yeah. Is is that a pretty – so Mary Poppins is, of course, you know, I don't know if it's currently playing in New York and, and London. Not currently, no. Yeah, but it would all be a pretty uniform show in terms of – Every every like if it was a show in New York, if if it was a show in London, it would all be pretty much the same. Yeah, right? it's it's like yeah. there's a book. There's a book. Yeah, that, uh, it, this is the so this character does this track on stage. They go here. They yeah. go there. Yeah, it's all pretty much uh, yeah set in stone. But there is movement to play mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. there, can, uh, depending on what character you are playing. Oh yeah, um, yep. because you know. Uh, we all bring different skill sets, you know, from from the US to the mm. UK to the Australia uh, with the Australian production. Um, as humans, we all don't have the exact same skill set. Yeah. So, for example, with for me playing Bert, um, not all the Berts across the globe have had uh, advanced skill set in tap in tap dance. Yeah. So right. in Step in Time, the solo might not be so tap heavy as it was for gotcha. me. Gotcha. So in my rehearsal process, I was able to collaborate with our um, choreographer to be able to That's great. make yeah. the tap, you know, a bit more me and a bit more like, let's, yeah. let's go for it. Yeah. yeah. I, I often wonder that, like how different would the show be if I saw it in Melbourne versus if I saw it in New York? And the only sort of show I've had the opportunity to do that was with Book of Mormon because okay. I saw it in New York before it, before, yeah. before it came to Melbourne. Yes. And it was all very much the same. It was mm-hmm. pretty uniform yep. in, in that in that regard. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And, you know, uh, that is the scenario for most shows that mm. if it is on Broadway and it's the same same book, it, it'll come to Australia and, um, yeah, yeah, you, you can almost um, – see similarities in the actual cast to yes. how it was overseas as well. Yeah. But as I said, it, there is little rooms to play uh, to play and change the content. Um, not all shows like that. Like if there's a show, uh, Newsies, the musical. I Yes. So um, it's funny you say that because I watched that show um, during the sort of Christmas break on, on Disney Plus, the staged I, version of it. Yes. And... Absolutely loved it. And then I started like 
YouTube in clips of the um, current London production. Mm -hmm. well, I don't know if it's current, but it may have recently ended. Mm. And it's so different compared yeah. to, to what I saw on on, on Disney+. Plus. On Disney+. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, because Christopher Catelli, the choreographer. So I, yeah. um, when I was in London in 2013, I think it was, yeah. um, I was with uh, Burn the Floor, a ballroom and Latin mm. show on the West End, and I was there for a while and... Um, I ended up on the side assisting Jeffrey Garrett, who's an associate producer mm -hmm. with shows with uh, Disney, mm -hmm. um, in doing auditions for Newsies. Mm -hmm. So the show didn't go ahead in the after these auditions, but basically they were trying to just see what the talent was in the UK and yeah. uh, if this show could work. And Chris said, he, um, he did say to me that, um, you know, whatever boys they cast, they're all going to have different strengths and they're all going to yeah. bring something different yeah. to the table. Yeah. So he alters the choreography mm. depending on the group of boys that he gets. And so um, mm. I think I thought that was really lovely, really special. Yeah. Mm. That is such a production news. There's so mm. much movement in that, in that show. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, what are your favourite musicals? Oh. I'm about to see Groundhog Day for the second time, by the way. Tonight. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I love that I show. I love that. It's great. Yeah, yeah. My partner's in it at the moment. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, so Who is he? So he's just in the on, in the ensemble. Oh, just in the of, ensemble. Okay, yeah. yeah. He's, um, he, he's a coffee man at one stage. Oh, yes. Um, yes, yeah. He's, uh, oh, I can't even think. He's a pimp in another point. Oh, he's great. Like, he's multiple things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Great. Um, oh, look, to be honest, Shows that are my favorite are actually ones that I've done luckily yeah. because they've been, I guess you could say, on a bucket list. I yeah. Mean, um, Hairspray, I'd always wanted to do, and I got to do it and play Link. And then Singing in the Rain. Singing in the Rain is where it all started for me as a kid. Yeah. Because I loved um, MGM musicals as yeah. a kid. Yeah. Um, but Singing in the Rain was the first musical I did as a child, just an amateur production mm -hmm. in Brisbane, where I'm from. And uh, that was my first taste of being a part of an actual theatre production and yeah. it got me hooked. Mm. Um, and so to a decade later or more, <laughs> play Cosmo Brown as yeah. an adult was um, a real, real treat. And then obviously Mary Poppins. I mean, all three of them have been on the list. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I Sometimes I can enjoy shows that I go, that's not for me. And so like Groundhog Day, I absolutely loved it, but there's nothing in that that I go, oh, that role is for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, those those three are big ones. I, I've always enjoyed. I, mean, I remember when I was uh, in my late teens, I loved listening to Wicked and that soundtrack. Well, yeah. And I, I loved Rent. Um, yeah. So that's where the list yeah. goes on. So I come from... Um, a comedy background so I did stand-up comedy for about a year but I'm a comedy fan as well so when I go and see a musical I have a ten tendency to sort of tilt towards Funny co shows. comedy work yep comedy musicals like Book of Mormon yep. for instance but I guess sort of in the last sort of five years I've sort of dipped my toe in the more sort of serious musicals as well mm -hmm. like um, Miss Saigon last yes. year which is okay. which was incredible I've mm -hmm. sort of just allowed myself to say, well, if I love those, why wouldn't I love these as well? And yeah. it sort of opened my eyes in a way to other things. Like I don't think I probably would have gone to see Mary Poppins, for instance. Sure. But, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I went to see it and it was incredible. I think I just love the craft of 
people coming together and mm. putting on this incredible show with the sets and the the, the choreography as well. It's yeah. just incredible to yeah. sort of go to the theatre and immerse yourself in this world for, for two hours. And I think I think um, that's really important to yeah. always just go see a show, even if you weren't interested in it. Yeah. Um, because you'll be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Not always. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I really, yeah. I can't generalise there. But yes. like, if, for example, Mary Poppins, the amount of people that um, I think were surprised at how much of an effect that show had on them mm. um, from a spectacle stance because yeah, yeah. the set almost yeah. spilled that. No, that's okay. Um, I talk with my hands. <laughs> no, it's meant, good. No. Clearly meant for theatre. Yes, yes, of course. Yes. Um, yeah, it, it, you know, it was a spectacle from the set and the costumes and, the, you know, the house coming forward and the way it spun. Mm. Um it was obviously nostalgic for people um, from from their childhood, but um, oh, yeah. it was also quite funny uh, in places and had a little bit of dark humor in there that I think people didn't really expect. It was a bit darker than yeah. the 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 movie, yeah. Um, and obviously it has the beautiful music, but um, what was I going to say? And I've just lost my train of thought. Um, it's what podcasts are all about. Isn't all about. it? Yeah. <laughs> to, learn, to lose your train of yeah, thought. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and of course, oh, the, the obvious one, all the magic on stage yeah. and how that's sort of done. Um, so I think a lot of people were quite wowed and like, oh, I didn't expect to yeah. love this as much as I, I I did. Yeah. Yeah. I have to rewind a little bit because you said your partner is in the ensemble for Groundhog Day and I just – and I said – flippantly oh just the ensemble <laughs> uh, oh did you <laughs> i think i did i just sort of in my mind i'm like oh just in the ensemble like oh <laughs> it, it, it doesn't matter if he's if he's in the show or not because he's just in the ensemble that's yeah. what i thought in my head but we have had um someone who was in the ensemble for book of mormon and mm. more recently mamma mia yeah. um and the ensemble members actually have a really important um, part to oh, play in 100%. all the musicals. Every yeah. every single person on that stage yeah. has an important part to play. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of the ensemble, um, as well as swings backstage, mm -hmm. that's a massive job if you're an offstage swing because yeah. they are obviously covering multiple people on stage yeah. and at any given moment, you know, if there's an injury yeah. on stage, they have to get changed and know exactly what they're doing. They have to be covering a lot. A lot, yeah. yes. And so, but that's the same for ensembles. So yeah. some of the ensemble members will will step up and cover some of the more principal featured roles. So yeah. everyone is just as important. Um, and with Groundhog Day in particular, I mean, that show is an ensemble. Yes. Like yes. that it is. Yeah. Everyone plays so many different parts. <laughs> it is so chaotic and fast. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've never... I, I, I didn't pick up that you just said, oh, just the ensemble. No, but it's, I, it's, know, I know sort of in my neurotic way, I'm like, oh, that's would have come off a little bit offensive when yeah. I said. No, but I, look, I think sometimes <laughs> I think for us performers too, I, yeah. I, you know, everyone sort of wants to sort of make that progression mm -hmm. in their career to if they've been doing ensemble for a while, they would love to finally have their first role oh, yeah. and whatnot. And I, I understand that. Mm. Um, but. Yeah, that I, I really. The, sometimes you can have a role, and it's less of a workload than it is to be in the ensemble. Yeah, <laughs> with certain yes, shows, yeah, you know, it's yeah. um. So every 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 part of a show is is just as important. Mm. I think. What What did a young Jack Chambers want to be when he grew up? Very good question. I just all I knew is that I loved to be on stage. 
it was just as simple as that. Yeah. Um, so I, I started dancing first. Um, I had two older, I have two older sisters and they danced before me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started dance lessons, I think when I was three, but there's like super eight film of me much earlier in a nappy copying <laughs> their dance moves yeah. and quite accurately. So mm. I think I've always had that dance bug in me. Yeah. Um, and then I learned to sing and act along the way, but I never, I never once tried to be so focused and thinking, okay, so career wise, how does this work? What should I do? How do I progress? Mm. What I need to get this, I need to do that, I need to do this. I literally just floated along loving what I was doing. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously training as a kid and then doing some amateur theater when I was young. And then I did my first professional musical when I was 11 in the sound of music. 11. Yep. I was one of the von trap kids. What are you, what are your memories of that? So I often wonder that I've seen some music. I mean, Miss Saigon, for instance, has child actors mm. on that show. I'm just sort of curious what goes through um, a kid's head when they're on stage in like a massive venue like Her Majesty's mm. Theatre, for oh, instance. Well, you know, I even to stay sometimes I think that too. And it's like, <laughs> hang on, I yeah. was that kid. Yeah. Um, but And at 11 years old, I don't imagine you would remember a lot though. There's things I do remember. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't feel intimidated, if if that's what you mean, at yeah. that young age. I didn't feel overwhelmed at the size of the theatre that I was performing in and mm. how many people. Um, you know, I think you you almost um, want to go back to being that age where that you're sort of a bit fearless. You don't yeah. quite, you can't quite comprehend yeah. what could be intimidating yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, so I was very comfortable. Hey, I, I was on stage, so I was I was very, very happy. Mm. Um but, you know, I, I do remember aspects of the show and um, the people I got to work with and one of the humans that I got to work with was Stephanie Jones who played Mary Poppins. So oh, we really? met then because wow. she's from Brisbane. Yeah, and that's cool. So we, yeah. uh, that was the first show we, we did together. She was Brigitte Von Trapp and I was Kurt. Um, and we're in the same family as well. So mm. with kids, you have alternates because mm. we yeah, can't do every show. Yeah. And but we were in, we always did a show together. Yeah. Then the very next show we did was Mary Poppins. So this yeah. is over wow. you know, many many years later. That's great. Um, yeah, from being kids to ad- adults. Why is it? Do you think? I mean, you said that when you're a kid, you're pretty fearless mm. on stage. Yes. And I did a you know a few plays in you know primary school. And I don't remember being, you know, fear. Like I don't remember being, like I don't remember having stage fright, for instance, when I was a kid doing those those you know primary school, high school plays. But when I started doing stand up comedy for about a year, I got massive amounts of stage fright of when I was you know about twenty twenty one. And I did a that few makes me nervous just thinking yeah, about it. Yeah, and I, <laughs> Comedy. And I, but, but I also did a few few plays here and there. I would get a little bit nervous, but not as nervous as doing stand-up comedy. And sure. I sort of like wonder why is it that you sort of don't have those nerves as a kid, but you do have them a little bit you, you do have them more profoundly when you're an adult. Oh, 100 percent Yeah. Um Oh, I just I think when you're you're a kid, there's so much you don't really understand and take in and yeah, you're sort of it's almost like a tunnel vision yeah um i think and obviously we can't generalize and say you know all kids are fearless when it comes yeah. to being in those sort of um look at me scenarios yes um yeah. it's just i 
had started at such a young age mm. of three that I was used to being looked at yeah, <laughs> on stage yeah. and doing my thing. So yeah. that's why I was especially fearless. Mm. Um, but I think, well, f- for me, when I get older, after doing certain jobs and maybe having certain successes, mm. um, there's a pressure and then there's yeah. an expectation that then comes in. Yeah. Um, can you deliver yes. what people are expecting of you? Um, yeah. That's what sinks in for me. Yeah. And if it's not even sometimes not even just the audience, it's sometimes just even the creative team. So if I've done an audition for a show and, you know, I give it my all and then I get the job, Yay. But then I'm like, okay, I now need to <laughs> prove why I got the job. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I need to now show that I've, you know, it wasn't a fluke yeah. in in my audition. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's almost like the, it's, it's, it's always <laughs> becomes uh, harder and yeah. my anxiety almost just raises even higher once I got the job, which is just bizarre. Does, when does that go away? When does that? Very good question. <laughs> um, does it? Does it go away? Does uh, it, yeah. Does it ever truly go away even when you're with a show for 19 months? Oh, look. Yeah. Uh, comes and goes. Yeah. In, in different ways. So, you know, uh, in rehearsals, I do love the rehearsal period because you're learning all the content, you're finding mm. your feet. That's not so... I don't feel like my anxiety is up here at that point. It's when you start to go into the theatre and you're starting to get to your first audience. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's that level of anxiety but also just anticipation. You want to finally get your first audience so you know how it reads and what you're getting back. But um, where my anxiety increases is opening night. Yeah. Um, and it's so silly too because... We do, before every opening night, there's like we do sometimes eight to nine or more shows before that, which I considered the previews. Um, so you've already performed yeah. the show multiple yeah. times in front of an audience, but then because it's opening <laughs> night and everyone's like, happy opening night, oh, Shook yeah. is like, stop, yes. stop telling me that it's because it's just like it feels like it's an important moment and it, it is. Yeah, it's so funny that you have to go through that like, like every so often mm. throughout a run. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and so like when we go to the next city, yeah, exactly. like I've, we were in Melbourne for what, six, six yeah, like months. You've, you've already done the show for then six months. Then we go months, next, you... next place and it's another <laughs> opening night and you've got the nerves again. Yeah. You're like, I've been doing this for over a year now. Like, yeah. why does that always happen? Yeah. Um, I try, I, I'm getting better at it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to think so. But other sort of, um, levels of anxiety that can happen or even for, well, not, and this isn't for everyone, but for me, um, Sometimes when you are, you have been doing a show for so long, mm. um, you almost see to counteract this anxiety attack that I sort of get, I sort of need to relearn content right. so that it stays fresh in your mind yeah. and you know what you're doing. Because yeah, sometimes yeah. you can be out on stage and your mind just, what's next? It just yeah. stops. Yeah. Sometimes midline, sometimes, you know, which that's awkward, um, or sometimes just, uh, you know, uh, while singing or you forget a lyric or something like that. And then when that happens, your body goes into that flight mode yeah. and you're trying to calm yourself down and like keep it going. Am I saying everything right? Oh, yeah. um, but then unfortunately for me, when that happens, every show from then on, that moment in the show that it happened, I'm like anxious about it happening again at that point. Mm. Um, I eventually get over it. Yeah, but it's um, it's not fun. <laughs> it's not fun to suddenly 
think or suddenly have your mind tell you you don't know what you're doing yeah. um, when you clearly do. Oh, yeah. um, so it's just this sort of, um, uh, you know, mind puzzle that you have to sort of, well, you just have to shut the voices up in your head and yeah. get on with it. Have you had a major flub on stage? I have. Mary Poppins, no. Oh, I don't think so. Ones that feel a lot bigger to yeah. you than what they were because you yeah. would say, did everyone notice that? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I something, no, I didn't. Something you think was noticeable. To oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it definitely was because I, I, <laughs> I, I stopped. But, like, this was... And it was understandable why this happened to me because I was, was going through a pretty tough time at the time. So when I was doing Singing in the Rain, um, we'd, we were in our last city on the tour. This was in Perth. And so we'd already done we'd done Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, mm-hmm. Adelaide. Did we do, I guess we did Adelaide. And then we're finally in Perth. But um, at the end of Adelaide, I had to leave the show because my my mum had – she'd been ill with cancer for mm-hmm. quite some time, but she um, – was on her last legs basically. Yeah. So I had to fly back to Brisbane and she passed away. And so I had the oh. funeral and all that sort of stuff. And then that was all sort of within a two week period before I came back to the show. Mm. And so when I came, I think a week and a half later, I came back to the show after all that. And it felt weird. It felt weird to come back to well, the show. Yeah. What would be on your mind? Then? Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But I sort of, I chose to come back so soon because I felt like I would have felt worse being at home in Brisbane with family. Well, yeah, but when you can't sort of immerse yourself in what you love to do and you're just sort of sitting with it. Yes. And not doing anything else, it's sort of. Yeah. Yeah. I, and look, it, it was, makes sense. Yeah. It was, and it was the last city of the tour. I wanted to finish the tour. <laughs> um, and yeah. And so, and also I was used to always being away sometimes yeah. from from family so i felt it may feel a bit normal for me to be away like nothing has just happened yeah. but i wasn't delusional i knew yeah, what had just happened yeah um but it was all going okay and then just all of a sudden in make them laugh i had a scene where mid line i just went into a a, a panic attack where mm. the lines just left oh. like literally just left my brain um and it was midline, so not like before it. I was saying something and then I just stopped and I just, I can't quite remember what I did. Um, and then Rowan Brown, who was um, opposite me, he kept the lines going and I, I think I stumbled, I sort of staggered my way in trying to get back onto the script and whatnot. But the, funnily enough, um, the song, Make Them Laugh, the music and the singing and the movement, that was all fine. Mm. Like it was almost like autopilot just yeah. kicked in. But I was in just like fear of flight mode. I was just so hyped oh, and yeah. tense the whole yeah. time. Like I just wanted to leave. Mm. Um, but And this is like 20 minutes into the first act. <laughs> so there was a long way to go. Oh, yeah. Um, but from that moment because I was so um, in an anxious state that I had to I was calling for my script. So I like I hadn't looked at my script since the beginning of the tour and I didn't couldn't find it in my dressing room and I was running around trying to find the resident director and saying, does someone have a script, does someone have a script? Because I just was in a panic state where I'm like, I don't know what my lines are. And so before every time I went out on stage for the rest of that show, I had to have my book and I was saying my lines, saying my lines and coming out and doing it. Wow. Yeah, it just, it just yeah. completely rattled me. But that moment in Make Them Laugh I think was noticeable because... 
I just stopped talking. Yeah. <laughs> um, and apart from that, it's been falling on the, you know, falling over and or <laughs> pants splitting and things like that that some people will see. But yeah. um, that's probably my biggest blunder that I've yeah. had. How important are your cast members and the crew at that time? Oh, it's uh, extremely important because they yeah. can bring you back yeah. into what you're doing and get you out of your head. Mm. Um, and so, and luckily to um, my my partner, Grant, who's in Groundhog Day, he was in Singing in the Rain as well. That's where we met. And so he was alternating for that lead role with Rowan Brown for yeah. the Don Lockwood. Yeah. But it wasn't, he wasn't on that show. So it was, it was Rowan, but Grant was in the theater and in his dressing room. And so when, when it came to interval, Grant usually come to my dressing room and see how I was. And I was just, <laughs> I was welling up. And as soon as I saw him, I then actually just started to release some emotion yeah. um, in a panic state. And so it was nice to have him for in that scenario. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, it's really helpful to know that you have friends on stage who are there for you and crew as well. And I've been very lucky to be in each job that I've done where there's been a really harmonious feeling yeah. um, and appreciation and a love for each other where the support is there and that, you know, I've mm. got your back. Especially if you're on tour as well with a show for, yeah. you know, ex an extended period of time, those people would become your family. hundred percent. Because 100%. you would see them all all the time. <laughs> all the time. In all these different cities. <laughs> all yeah, these different exactly. scenarios. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. No, it's um yeah, so it is it's basically your your touring family. Yeah. Um and you know, there's 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 some some shows out there that have uh, don't have such a cohesive um environment with with cast, you know, there's you know where in the arts there's there's big personalities there's 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 egos there's there's lots of things that can sort of interfere with a you yeah. know a harmonious sort of <laughs> working yeah. environment but i've i've been very lucky thus far to be a okay in 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 the shows that i've done i like that do do you see many egos i do they present themselves differently i think it's um i think it's also about how you respond yeah to to that i guess you'd have to be good at conflict managing conflict if you do come up against some of those people definitely yeah. yeah um but i think it's about how they who they really present that sort of um deverishness to yeah um i haven't seen too much aimed my way in particular because i'm i I sort of just float along. I'm very focused. I do what I do in the theatre. I'm, I'm not socialising too much while the job's happening. So, yeah. Um, I don't really get in the way mm. <laughs> to have to be in in the aim of someone's frustrations and things like that. Yeah. Well, I hope not unless they've just if they've kept it to themselves. I apologise. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I've been lucky in that way. But um, I just don't if I have got someone who's a bit more on the deverish side, I just don't really give it much attention. That's that's a good way to I deal think it's with the best it. Way yeah, to deal yeah. With it. Yeah. Well, so when myself and Harmon started this podcast, one of the unintended consequences of doing this, positive unintended consequence, is this podcast made me a better conversationalist and made me more confident in right. talking to people, you know, people I haven't met before. Sure. And and it was something I didn't sort of foresee when we first started. I just 
wanted to start a podcast because I enjoy podcasts. Sure. And I <laughs> and having the sort of ability to sort of bring on comedians, actors, academics, people who you just admire from afar who you would never sort of conceive being able to sit down to talk to in your regular life. That's why I want to sort of start it. Mm. But over the course of the year we've done it, it's made me a better conversationalist and more confident in in who I am. So I guess my question to you is what are the positive and negative um, unintended consequences that you've had throughout your career as a performer? Oh, gosh. Good question. This is also a new question as well that I've just come up with <laughs> on, my, on my way to the podcast studio today. Look, oh, you've, you've come so far. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so positive and negative consequences. Well, look, the positive things are the, the amazing people I've been able to meet yeah. um, that I never would have imagined. Um, if, I, even to a certain extent because I... With my training, so I never went to a musical theatre course or like a dance course when I left school, um, a full-time course or, or, or college or anything like that. I, Because I started doing some professional work when I was a kid, um, as soon as I left school, I, I was already doing professional work within the dance world. Yeah. Um, so I've always, I've always looked at my process in the industry as each job that I've done, I've learned something new. Mm. Um, it's no, it hasn't been, I haven't treated it like a training ground. Like I'm not there to, you know, find out or learn <laughs> things in particular, but I've, I've found out what I was actually capable of on the job that gotcha. sometimes surprised yeah. me um, every single time. Um, Cause well, hairspray was my first time being a principal role as an adult um and so the and prior to that you know i had been doing just a lot of dance based stuff especially because of so you think you can dance um yeah. and so i hadn't really delved into my singing side of things in a really long time and so needing to figure out vocal stamina and being able to survive in a show scenario for that long um and trying to figure it out i was quite surprised by and turned out to be a positive and then singing in the rain it was uh comedy uh slapstick comedy that yeah. i'd never done before and i was petrified at the idea of what if the audience doesn't laugh and you know some people probably didn't laugh but some people did yeah. so um yeah. i was like oh I, some people are finding me funny this yeah. is this is great um and then uh yeah so i i've i've sort of learned some things on the job mm. negative things hmm that's a very good question. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, look, the, the the anxiety thing isn't great. Mm. I did, you know, I, I haven't always had that. Um, injuries? I'm not sure if these are the answers. How, how often oh, do you get injured? Sorry, I in, just, oh, just connected myself. Oh, that's okay. It goes. Oh, yeah. In there, yeah. All good. How often do you get injured on on shows? Uh it's uh yeah, it's been quite regular. <laughs> it's been quite regular in the past past decade now. Um Yeah, I if, if anything the like I've never done anything Oh, I have done some bad stuff actually. 
my my worst injury um, had me off six months, but luckily I wasn't on a show at the time. Yeah, I was meant to join a show, but I didn't do it. But I um, I was playing tennis with my sisters, and it was two against one. Um, there was no ball, boy, ball girl, yeah. and um, I ran back to hit the ball, and I stepped yeah. on a tennis ball, and my ankle just sort of snapped, and so I tore my anterior talofibular ligament, which is basically yeah. the ligament at the front of your ankle that allows your foot to right. and flex. Right. So I was off six months, and I had to learn yeah. to walk again and all of that. Anyway, Jeez. yeah, that yeah. was that was <laughs> that, that was full on. Like fun. Yeah, um, but on shows, it's been uh, if anything for me, uh, shoulder sort of subluxing, so yeah. not fully um, uh, dislocating, uh, but that's happened quite a lot. And then my ankles rolling. That's yeah. oh, actually, and Mary Poppins. This was a new one for me. Uh, I got a groin injury doing the most boring thing in the show <laughs> in rehearsals, um, which is almost just worse. You want it to, yeah, you want it, you would, you want it to happen when you're doing something amazing. Yeah, yeah. It really wasn't. Um, and it was just in rehearsals in, in step in time, which is a very physical number oh, anyway. Yeah. Yes. Um, and the rehearsal sort of, I just felt a uh, ping. I was like, oh, that's new. And I was like, oh, no, I'm just just kind of sit down. So I sat down. <laughs> they kept going. Um, and I was a bit nervous about that too because uh, we were maybe three or four weeks away from moving into the theatre for – or three well, – actually four four weeks away from opening night. Mm. Um, and, you know, a groin injury can have you off for at least a minimum of three weeks. Oh, yeah. And so um, – I was off for three weeks. I didn't miss a performance, though. I did everything I had to so do. run it right down to the wire. To, right down yeah, to the wire. Yeah. So the very next day I came into the rehearsal space because we were actually the very next day was show runs for the first time. So yeah. meaning going from the top of the show to the tail of the show to the end of the show for the first time in the rehearsal space with some invited guests to watch. And here I am and I physically can't <laughs> do it. So I chose to sit at the front of the rehearsal space with my leg up and I just used my voice. So yeah. I said all my lines. <laughs> there was no one there for the other cast members to respond to, but yeah. I was there to, you know, at least keep the singing and the acting there. Yeah. I just couldn't physically move. So I, d I did everything I possibly could yeah. to let the production still go on. But um, that's probably been the extent of it. Groin. Uh, I was going to say wrists. No, that's my ankles. <laughs> ankles and my shoulder. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Could it, be worse. Yeah, right. Um, I I have to ask you, so, I mean, Groundhog Day, for instance, is a very fantastical type of show, right? There's yeah. like at the start of the second act, there's all these sort of quick changes um, when the character Phil is yeah, like killing himself yeah. over and over again. He's, you know you know, killing himself in the bathtub with the toaster, then all of a sudden he's back in bed and, you know, it's it's it was Brilliantly done. a visual visual spectacular, right? Mm. And with Mary Poppins there's so many visual spectaculars, one of them being when you're sort of walking upside down yes. as well. What what was that? <laughs> it was magic. What, what do you mean? What like, was that? <laughs> like, like, like doing doing that every single yeah. night. Like what was that like? Um Great. It's <laughs> look, uh, I remember I, I was a little bit nervous prior to doing that for the first time. Um, and I always said it in, in interviews, I was genuinely afraid that I would find out that I suddenly suffer from vertigo and I didn't <laughs> want it. I really didn't want that to happen. Well, tell me, tell me the first time you did that. What was, what was... So it was 
like uh, the week before first show. Yeah. So because that's I, I couldn't do it anywhere outside no, of the theatre. No, you can't in a rehearsal room. The, what, all we had exactly. <laughs> all we had in the rehearsal room was this sort of uh, sort of mini apparatus for me to be able to yeah. um, in a harness flip upside down just yeah. to get used to being upside down and trying to tap on a, a plank. Um, so it was, yeah. it was just high enough for me to be able to not hit my head on the floor. Yeah. Um, so that's all I had. And that, that was the sort of probably at first, the one I just needed to really get used to being upside down and tapping against mm. gravity essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then surprisingly my first time in theater, the first time I did it went really, really well. Um, I, I don't want to ruin the magic. I mean, people people saw wires, I guess, but <laughs> I'm not. I'm just doing. No, it you myself. were really walking up. Yeah, yeah, I was. <laughs> um, but yes, I, I I've got a harness on underneath yeah. my costume, yeah. um, and sure, that that takes me up to the height that it needs to. But for me to walk up the wall is all sort of me. So yeah. I have to use my abdominal muscles and core to maintain a plank that way. And uh, for that slow walk up, and then by the time I get upside down, I then have to make sure I'm completely in line. <laughs> Knocking over water. That's okay. Again, at least that one that, has. That one has a lid. That has a lid. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, once I go upside down, yeah. I had to keep uh, everything in line yeah. from uh, head, to shoulders to hips, because if I was slightly out of line, I would then flip yeah. and just be dangling. Um and so that was a and apply pressure against the plank yeah. so that I felt stable because yeah. as soon as it moved, I would start swaying. Mm. And then on the way down, I had to arch my back and hold my back muscles up as I slowly walked down as well. So it was a bit of a workout. Oh yeah, uh, but it went by really, really quick. And um, I never actually looked down. <laughs> so <laughs> I saw footage and I'm like, oh, it is really quite high. Yeah, um, yes, but yeah. I never purposely looked down because I was always focused in trying to make the illusion work, make mm. it look effortless, um, make it, yeah, that that was my job. And so I, I never really actually looked down. Oh, yeah. That's, which helped. That, uh, when, when I saw it, when you see that in person, it's just, that's what I love about theatre. It's yeah. just these spectacular, spectacular sort of moments that you just, it's just not the same if you watched it. Mm. No. Absolutely not. On, on and it, it was always really rewarding to hear gasps in yeah. the audience too. Um, and it was like it would it would get louder and louder and louder. So it's like as soon as I took the first steps, I was like, oh. And as soon as I started to get up even higher, there was like, oh, he's getting up really high. Yeah. And the moment I went upside down, oh, yeah. sometimes people would scream. Yeah. And, um, I remember, yeah, at least the show I went to, there was an applause when you actually got up. Yeah, right. To the top, yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, no, amazing. <laughs> I think I think probably the loudest response I got doing that walk was in Adelaide, I think it was. Yeah. they Adelaide just went off. If, I think even crew and everyone backstage, that, I remember I got off and they said, what, did you take your pants off? Like what happened? <laughs> it just felt like there was this roar yeah. from the audience yeah. that it felt like a bit of a rock concert briefly. Yeah. yeah. Well, what are those moments like then when you oh. are getting that thunderous applause in the oh, middle of the show as well? Yeah, oh, it's it's yeah. thrilling. It's thrilling. Yeah. I mean, um, when it's in the middle of a show, um, you know, you, you subconsciously you take it in, but, you know, mm. you're still 
trying to play a character so you can't like you can't actually like break the fourth wall and like yeah keep it going yeah um so you're like it, it's thrilling to know that but then you just sort of have to well i do at least i just snap back into okay, yeah what are we doing here but especially but it's lovely at the end of a show where you can actually sort of go hi yes you know i'm bowing this is me <laughs> to, to get a nice response there it's um that that's where i take the my reviews, if I should basically say, because I don't read reviews for mm. shows that I do. I used to when I was I was younger, but um, have you reached the point where you sort of don't care what other people think as well? I th- mm, I think it's because I do care what other people think, yes, <laughs> so I don't. Right. I'm a lot better at it now. Yeah. Um, but I think for a while there was um, yeah. If if I did I did care what people thought and mm-hmm. so um if it was going to to be negative or critique me in this sort of way it that would be in my head while doing the job yeah. and it's sort of um it's silly because then it means you didn't trust your creative team yeah or that whole process yeah. to if you took just a stranger's review as as the gospel of like oh no yeah. this one person has said blah 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 so that's why i don't i don't do it and mm. so i i take my review from what I get from the audience that night and then what I may get at stage door. Cause at the end of the day, that's also why I do it, you know, is to, to see the joy on people's faces. And talk to me a little bit about the stage door, because when I was younger, I used to do that all, all the time. I would, I would line up at the stage door and get my program signed, but I've sort of been sort of desensitized to that a little bit. In the last sort of few years, I don't I don't do it anymore. Sure, and I and I kind of I kind of mourn that I don't do that anymore yeah, right. because I don't know why I sort of lost that sort of anticipation of meeting the people at the stage door because I really really enjoyed it, but it just doesn't. It's not something I get excited about anymore. Sure. I more sort of I'm more interested in sort of just immersing myself into that mm. world now than you know getting my program signed afterwards. So, yeah. but I I look around and think. Why did I ever lose that excitement um, at the stage door as as well? That's a good question. I mean, look, for well, for a, obviously the obvious thing during COVID is that didn't exist, and then for That's right, um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> shows didn't exist during COVID. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> but uh, I think coming back from from COVID to it was sort of a, there was a, a mm. no stage door sort of thing where yeah. um, we just sort of had to keep moving they didn't allow people congregating around there but um i don't know i i think sometimes too because of the world we live in with social media now um and having access to these people on stage to see how they are outside of the show yeah um i don't know there's other ways to try and connect or you can have them on your podcast for instance (laughs) exactly yeah so as opposed to back when social media wasn't around it's like you've really wanted to actually meet that person yeah there was no other way to be able to even say what you wanted to say to them whereas nowadays i i I get a lot on on social media of people who saw the show and leave me a comment that way and it's like oh so i'm getting a lot of feedback on here which was lovely um but back then we didn't we didn't have that option. Mm. Talk, talk to me about the stage door experiences. Then you were getting uh, during Mary Poppins. Was it was it a lot? Was there a lot of people coming up to you? Um, stage door. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Lots of lots of kids. 
and yeah. lots of lots of young boys, um, which was always lovely. And then uh, chatting about, you know, how they do dance and, you know, things like that, which is really, really nice. Um, yeah, no, there was always lots of people, especially, especially here in Melbourne, definitely. I think Her Majesty's Theatre has a really good spot for the stage door yeah, as well. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. No, it certainly does. Um, yeah, because not all theatres have a stage door, A, that is actually accessible yeah. to public. Um, uh, yeah, no, A, there's no B. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's not accessible. Um, yeah, but Her Majesty's is a wonderful one. Um, where else? Uh, Bris- Brisbane at QPAC, that stage door is always accessible as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Sydney. Yeah, I think probably those three. Were you at the Capitol in Sydney? No, we're at the Lyric. In oh, Sydney. the Lyric. It's okay. The yeah, right. But even that one is sort of a bit tucked away in yeah. a side street. Not not a lot of people go mm. there. And um, Vienna, Her Majesty's, and Brisbane are probably the two places where stage door is booming. Yeah. But I think I the the sort of biggest sort of show I ever did that had a huge stage door for me was at the um, was in Hairspray, and so that was at the Princess Theatre in twenty ten. And because I had done So Thinking Can Dance 2008, mm. um, yeah, I'd been on TV. So there was just this sort of mammoth swarm of yeah. young people at stage door um, wanting an autograph and a photo. And I remember those lines were really, really long. <laughs> that's, that's so funny. I think I, th- I can't remember. Oh, that I, guy's on TV. Yeah, that's yeah. just swamping. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. I can't remember it accurately, but I think I remember one girl had, and if she's listening or hears this, you can probably correct me, but um, had a contract for me to sign um, to be her boyfriend or <laughs> something like that. And I, I remember the mum saying, it's okay. It's not, it's not actually it's a legal not legally binding. binding. <laughs> <laughs> so I did, I did sign it. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was, uh, that was when I had a, sort of a really big buzz. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's sort of died down since then, which is which is lovely. <laughs> it's a bit more more calm. That's that's great. Uh, yeah, I, I'm such. I, I just have to say, I'm just loving this podcast because I'm such a musical theatre geek. Like I see as many musicals as I can during during the year. Great. Um, so I'm so, so so glad you you came on the podcast today. I well, just have to I just me. have to sort of stop it for stop the podcast for a, a little second to say to say that. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> So you're a choreographer as well mm-hmm. and I had um, – so I'm doing like sort of a marathon of podcasts today and I had Stephen Hall in Just Before You who was Basil Fawlty in the stage version of Fawlty Towers. Yes. And he did um, spam a lot years and years ago um, here in Australia. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about his experiences in musical theatre and he is not a well-versed, um, you know – dancer at all sure. <laughs> he's like an actor who can sing and that's that, 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 that sure. that's it um do you see a lot of um lost causes when it comes to uh <laughs> <laughs> choreography so two left feet basically yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um in the musical theater world yeah or just or just uh, just generally do, do you think everyone has it in them to to be a good dancer well it depends on what you classify as a good dancer, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, uh, subjective. <laughs> um, yeah, no, look, I think I, here's the thing. I think everyone can dance, right? Yeah. Um, not everyone can do it professionally. Yeah. That's basically the way I look mm. at it. Cause I, 
Because okay, because I, I do a lot of teaching of dance as well. Yes. Um, you do your own workshops. Yes, yes. do all that. And I um, I had a, a family dance company in Brisbane that mm-hmm. still exists now, um, Raw Company. And so I, I've done a lot of teaching. I've been teaching dance since I was actually 15. That's when I first started to choreograph. Um, and I was doing that at the local studio <laughs> I learned at in Brisbane. Yeah. Um, and so whenever I'm not performing, I'm usually teaching or creating in that way. Mm. Um, sometimes uh, even the really great technical dancers and uh, really coordinated people can have something missing that a mover, an actor mover has that draws me to them more. And it's about a commitment or a feeling um, emotionally and with their face and it, it just an essence mm. when you perform. And so I've always really loved at festivals seeing our uh, – so which which festival was it? It was up in Queensland and I'm drawing a blank now. Or well, I've been to Blues and Roots as well. But let's say, let's say your typical sort of like hippie sort of out the front, mm. um, wailing their arms around. It's not actually coordinated, yeah. but they're so in it. Yeah. They're so loving it yes. that I find it mesmerizing. Yeah. And I I enjoy watching it. And mm. that's what dance is to me. That's what I like about dance is seeing yeah. people just feel music yeah so i think it's in everybody mm. um just not everyone professionally <laughs> <laughs> so everyone can express dance through yeah, yeah absolutely and i love that and i love seeing that and i think there's some dancers technically out there who need to learn to how to be able to do that yeah definitely are, are you a good teacher when it comes to choreography oh um <laughs> you'd have to ask my students um ah uh, look i I'd like to think mm. so. Yeah, I, I am very. I, I give my all when I teach in everything that I do. I really focus in and make sure um, people are getting something out of what I'm teaching. Um, and I, I'm sort of a bit of a dag and lots of dad jokes when I teach. <laughs> and um, I come at students with a million analogies if if certain (laughs) movements if this one doesn't resonate with someone i I just keep trying to bring up a new sort of analogy for someone to (laughs) to for for them to get it um you know i I like to create a really calm um encouraging um environment when i teach in my classes obviously depending on the scenario um so yeah no i'll say i'm a good teacher (laughs) i think i am Uh, you've been doing it since you were 15 that's Mm. that's crazy Yeah, yeah it is and look, I, I probably wasn't good then, um, you know, that was the early days. But that's when I started to play with choreography and actually try to come up with movements and then to teach it. Yeah. So how long have you been doing the workshops? Then? Well, uh, depends on what you mean by workshop. So, um, well, that 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 changes. So it's yeah. about when I'm not in a show, I will yeah. tour around and do workshops, or um, when at so raw company based in Brisbane, mm. I was artistic director of Royal Company and we were a performance um, company first. So we would tour tap shows mm. in the corporate world and then we'd do Queensland tours. Um, and then we did a lot of overseas stuff as well. But then uh, we became a dance company, Raw, as the umbrella and we had a full-time course. We had a mm. part-time course in Diploma in Musical Theatre, Cert 3 and 4 in Dance. So I was working there a lot of the time without 
students in particular or I'd go to other dance studios and maybe teach them a routine mm. for their competitions or Stedfords yeah. or for their end of year concerts yeah. um, as well as doing the corporate world gigging yeah, right. in Queensland. Yeah. So I was always creating yeah. um, but it's always just when I'm not in a show and I loved that balance of being the eight show week performer slugging it out yeah. and then finishing a tour and then getting everyone else to dance mm -hmm. for me and perform mm -hmm. for me as, as much as possible. What type of students do you get in now? Do you get professional dancers coming to you or do you get people who are sort of brand new to learning choreography? Uh, I, I don't often teach beginner level. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it depends on the workshop. So yeah. um, I have gone and done musical theatre workshops where they will be um, singer, actor, movers. Yeah. And so I'll cater the content to that skill level and that's mm -hmm. completely fine. But um, uh, usually I would teach um, those that are either pre-professional yeah. or even professional. So yeah. like at the moment, because I'm new to Melbourne, I only moved here. Oh, you're new to Melbourne? Yeah, yeah so right. I moved here with Mary Poppins. Oh, okay. So it's... so. Uh, uh, that's a long story, but yeah, I moved here. <laughs> uh, and so I'm now that the show's finished, I'm now just immersing myself in the Melbourne teaching scenario. Right. So I'm, I'm doing open classes at Circle Studios in, is it Pran or Pran? How do Pran. You, Pran. Pran. Yeah. Great. I'm constantly mispronouncing <laughs> everywhere here. It's the Queenslander in me. <laughs> um, and so I'm doing open classes there, but it's advanced level. So yeah. I am getting professionals who I've done shows with and mm. whatnot coming to those classes. Yeah. And I do enjoy that. Um, it I must be rewarding, like, taking people on and then seeing how they sort oh. of grow over the course of oh, how, however many session, sessions yeah. it is. Like in a scenario like that, um, it's sort of I'm, – I'm only doing the month of February, so it's yeah. like one class yeah. a week. Yeah. Um, you, it's hard to sort of see growth in that scenario, yeah. but um, – with the company back in, in Brisbane, I, I used to love it. Mm. I used to love um, seeing a growth over a 12-month period of, of people um, and what they, they got from you. Yeah. Um, it was just really, really satisfying. Mm. Really, really satisfying. That's great. I, I love that so much. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you, have you always been someone who's had that confidence to you in terms of performing or is it something that's sort of grown over the, over the years yeah it's very good question i don't i could maybe come i think i can come off seeming confident yeah. in what i do um and to in so as i've gotten older there's certain things that i'm very i can confidently say that you know i'm comfortable doing this i'm comfortable doing that yeah. this isn't my forte mm -hmm. you know i'm i'm stable and confident in being able to admit those things um but when i was young as i say because i learned a lot along the way i didn't have a lot of confidence mm -hmm. so and i i wasn't very good at putting myself out there to get the challenge and to put just put myself out there for any sort of scenario i needed a little bit of a push and yeah. the people that w were that for me was my mum and then my sisters they'd always push me to we think this will be good for you blah, 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 or yeah. we think you'll do really well at this and so mm -hmm. I could never foresee certain scenarios for myself I didn't have the confidence to go mm. I can do that yeah um 
and so that was especially for me for so you think you can dance because i i was not even interested in that show at all you won you won that i right? did so yeah. i won the first yeah. season of that in 2008 um and i think at that point the american show had done maybe three seasons at that point yeah uh, but i hadn't seen any of them mm. and at that point i just knew reality tv uh competition i thought oh no that's not that's not for me and i was so also just so focused on wanting to get myself to new york to yeah. broadway yeah, to, yeah. to theater yeah. Yeah. um and when the auditions came up for that i was unavailable thankfully <laughs> as i thought isn't that so good when yeah you say, oh, <laughs> i was like no, oh, i'm unavailable, I'm unavailable sorry. yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm teaching yeah and i was i was actually teaching on the gold coast the weekend yeah the, the official first round of auditions was happening for that mm -hmm. um but then my sister heard that b105 the radio station in brizzy was doing a competition on the monday after that weekend mm -hmm. where you had to dance in a park at like 7 a.m in the morning on the north side of brisbane and one of the guest judges was going to come to that park and just pick someone to go through to the next round of auditions on the show um, a, I'm not a morning person. So 7am, how dare you? Um, and I just, uh, I, I so didn't want to do it, but then I'm so thankful, so yeah. thankful that my sister forced me to, but we, we arrived there at the park. B105 was setting up their table. Um, you know, back, back, I don't know if this stuff still happens, but when a radio station is setting up stuff, they're usually giving away free mm. things, yeah, so whether right. it's drinks or merch. Yeah. Um, I go over the grass, the grass to it, this park, it wasn't maintained. It was very quite, you know, high, not very good dance scenario, but we'll forgive that. Um, and I signed up, uh, not a lot of people to compete with. My competition was, uh, and I, I shouldn't say that she was this, but I, th she was sleeping under a tree at the time and she looked a bit disheveled. So mm -hmm. I thought maybe she was homeless yep. and living at this park, but she came and signed up to dance. Um, and it was me. That was it. That was my competition. Yeah. And, uh, we had to dance. And so I was dancing, doing spins and things like that. She was trying to copy me. Um, <laughs> she would do a spin and then fall over. And I remember also, she was very competitive because yeah. also yeah. that's right. You, if you were chosen, you would win $500 mm -hmm. as well as going into mm -hmm. the show. Um, and Bonnie Lithgow, she was one of the judges. She came to the park. Yeah. Oh, and there was briefly a concreter on his way to work who popped oh. in and did a little <laughs> bit of Borum and Latin and then left. Um, and yeah, so I, I got chosen, but she was so competitive. I remember at one point she needed a drink. Um, she went over to grab a drink and she goes, are you getting one? I said, no. And she chucked it to the floor <laughs> and came running back to keep dancing. Yeah. But yeah, I got picked by Bonnie Lithgow and that's how I got on my first audition on the show. Yeah. And, you know, it's a sort of interesting way to get your moment onto a show, but that was my path yeah. and it all worked out really, really well for me. But I never foresaw myself being on that show or even doing well. I... I was from Brisbane mm. and Sydney and Melbourne were considered to be where the industry was yep. here in Australia. Um, and so when I went to top 100 week, um, I was, I just felt very green. I was seeing all these, these dances and I, I was just quite overwhelmed by it, but I just thought, you know, I'm just going to do my thing. And I, I didn't mind how it went. I was like, I'm just 
thankful to be here and to learn from some great choreographers and teachers. So we'll mm -hmm. see how it goes. So you were good at filtering out that overwhelming feeling and just focusing on you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, again, I was young. Yeah. So I was, I was nine, I was 19 at the time. 19. Yeah. yeah wow. And so, um, yeah, I just, I didn't put any, and also there was no expectation. Mm. You know, I hadn't, yeah. and that's why I say it's been ever since, <laughs> it's always been ever since So You Think You Dance. <laughs> that's when the expectation has sort of sunk in <laughs> and my, you know, trip down to anxiety um, has, has happened. But um, yeah, I had no, there's no expectation of me mm. um, to, to be amazing. I just, I literally, I approached the scenario like a really long summer school. Mm. I was like, and they were lo they were long hours. Top 100 week, the audition process was very, very big um, in terms of how many hours they had you dancing for. Um, but even on the show, it was a very strenuous, stressful scenario. Yeah. My first time being on TV and cameras and um, whatnot. Um, but I loved every second of it because yeah. I, I, it was just, it was challenging in the, in so many wonderful ways because mm. it was all around dance. Yeah. And, you know, we hadn't had dance on TV in that way before. Mm. Um, so it was the first time. So it was, uh, we were all very excited to be part of such a wonderful show. It's so funny that it took, you know, other people around you to sort of tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, yeah, you'd probably be yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's, I'm very thankful to my mom and my sisters yeah. for, oh, God damn it. I'm too physical. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm very thankful to my mum and sisters for yeah. being able to uh, see more my potential when mm. I, I couldn't. I think I think often I probably go through some self-doubt as well and mm. it it takes someone else to say, hey, no, you're actually good at doing this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It certainly it, does. Yeah. Like a, a support network around you really, really matters. Absolutely does. And so, and that's why I think to, um, since once my mum passed, mm. um, I, she was probably my biggest support um, in every way. When she passed, I sort of, you know, a lot has changed for me, and I feel like I have to uh, be that own voice for myself now. Yeah, I mean, I still have my sisters, absolutely, mm. but a lot of it came from from my mum. And if anything, yeah. my mum would go to my sister and say, tell Jack that he should do, yeah. <laughs> do this. So, um, yeah, so, uh, you know, I have her voice in the back of my head every now and then saying, mm. you know, put yourself forward for this, put yourself forward for that. Mm. And um, So when you go into a show, is your mum's voice present as well? Like you, if you were going into Mary Poppins, would that voice be present in your mind as well? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's, it's when I'm faced with an opportunity. So if an opportunity has come my okay. way and if I have any doubts um, wanting to put myself up for that, that's when that voice will yeah. jump on yeah, in gotcha. and go, stop it, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> what is there to lose? Yeah. So you've become good at that now, just, saying, I, just go for it? I think so. Yeah. Uh, somewhat better. I'll say I'm better. 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 Better, better than what? Still improving. Yes. Yes. And I, I bet I always encourage, I'm really good at telling other people to do it. Yeah. And then I don't do it myself. Yeah. Um, but I've always encouraged students and whatnot to push themselves out of their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And I, I tell them that because that has been my life. Yeah. I've just had people who have made me do that. 
Mm. Um, and I, I've learned some amazing things, obviously, of being pushed out of my comfort zone. Um, so I encourage people to do all the time and I think I'm getting better at, at doing it. But um, I can sometimes go into my old ways of just <laughs> sort of, <laughs> you know, crawling into my little yeah. hole. But um, no, I'm getting better. What, what roadblocks have you come up against throughout your career? They've been hard to overcome where that voice doesn't help. Oh, well, I think I'd be coming back again to anxiety. Mm. But that's it's but what I don't enjoy about it is it's during the job. Mm. Is that always present anxiety for you? Um, I, I, no, I wouldn't say not every day. Mm. It's not every day. It just dies down a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, and it could sometimes uh, just present itself. It, it used to present itself... Um, in a really consistent way where I, so my first, I think, okay, my anxiety I think really stemmed from my mum, from mm. my mum being sick. And so I was, I because I did a lot of traveling and whatnot and things always happened to go wrong with my mum's health when I was away. Mm. And um, so I, when I was doing hairspray, that's when my mum first got diagnosed with bowel cancer. This was in 2010. Um, and uh, she was also very healthy and my mum was a nurse. So uh, she was very good at explaining things to us. Yeah. And But also a very tough woman. So if she was suffering, we wouldn't really know. She was very good in that way. Mums are good like that. They are. Yeah. They certainly are. Um, and so, you know, that was the early stages, um, you know, and, but prior to Hairspray, I was living in New York. So I'm glad it didn't happen when that, oh, yeah. when that was yep. going on. Yep. Um, but I had had at that point been wanting to go through the green card process for New York. But when my mum got sick, I was like, oh, no, no, no. It would have been very hard to So I sort of, like I yeah. just kept it on the back burner. Yeah. And my mum would always ask me about how's green card going on? It's going fine. It's going fine. Mm -hmm. It's a long, it's mm -hmm. a long process. Yeah. And I just didn't feel comfortable wanting to put my focus there mm. and to be mm. over there. Um, so I always did shows that took me places, but then I'd always come home and I'd always come home to Brisbane and my mum was there. And, um, you know, health was good for quite a long time, but just before getting um, into remission, she ended up getting secondaries um, in the lungs. And, that, and I found that out when I was in London with Burn the Floor. And so again, I was away. And that is when I had my first anxiety attack on 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 in Burn the Floor. I was doing a show, dancing away, and then all of a sudden I just felt this sort of tick in my heart and my heart rate just and yeah. at first in my mind I go, Am I having a heart attack? What's going on here? Because mm. then I started to feel lightheaded. Um and I couldn't catch my breath, and that's yes. not great. Being able to not not being able to breathe properly in yeah. a dance show. Yeah. Um, and it was a double show day at the time. We finished the matinee, and I was in my dressing room, and my I was still my body was moving back and forth because my heart rate was just yeah. going so fast. And so I was like, I have to call the nurse hotline. I have to call my mum. And so I called. I think it was maybe like two a.m. back in Australia. And so I called and as soon as she answered, I just started crying. I said, Mom, I don't know what's going on. Mm, mm. <laughs> and she go, but she said, Dal, she goes, welcome to the family. That's an anxiety attack. Yeah. Because my mum also suffered from anxiety as yeah. did uh, 
one of my sisters. Yeah. And so um, she welcomed me to that world. I don't want to be welcome in yeah. that world. Um, but ever since then, it used to present itself in that same way mm. of the sort of heart beating. Um, and then I was able to find ways to counteract it and suppress it. And it was fun. And mm -hmm. so it became very predictable and I knew, I knew how to. I knew how to deal with this. Yeah. And then it sort of changed its face um, after mum's passing. Mm. And so now it's just really unpredictable. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that inner saboteur comes in and, and makes you doubt whether you're good at what you do and um, whether you know what you're doing. And Yeah. yeah it, I've, I've suffered some anxiety attacks um, in the past and it's very hard to sort of describe to people but mm. it feels like you, you – know, I mean, a panic attack, it is like you're going – you know, your eyes go white, you can't breathe, no. your heart's beating <laughs> very yeah. fast. And I get that when I uh, meet strangers. <laughs> it's so, Gosh. It's, it's so <laughs> strange to me that I've sort of put myself in this in situation this scenario, yeah. where I'm just meeting <laughs> strangers often, you know, three you know, three times a week. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, look, maybe you can get, you know, resilience yeah. to it. Yeah, know? that's what that's what's happened because, I mean, I probably had an anxiety attack probably about six months ago at work because there was like a culmination of a lot of things happening at the time. Like I was trying to move house. Mum was also, my mum was also sick and the the job was very stressful as well. So it just happened in the middle of the day at work and I yeah. had to go home because I just couldn't, I couldn't breathe. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 especially, you know, if it's your first time experiencing it, you make it worse because you don't know what you're experiencing. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, anxiety is very, it's happening to a lot of people nowadays. Yeah. Um, it's, it's also, when I've had to describe an anxiety attack to people, it's like I have to sort of justi justify why I've had it as sure. well in, in a way. And, you, you know, but yeah. sometimes that's really hard because yeah. um, I, I could always for a while there find the trigger mm. and understand maybe why. Uh, like I'm really tired today, it's been a stressful week or something mm. or maybe I've had too much coffee or I don't know. Um, but sometimes there is no answer, There's obvious no answer. Yeah. trigger mm. or answer to it yeah. that you are aware of. Um, and so, but, but a lot of the time I actually just keep it to myself anyway. So I think there were some times in, uh, in, at work with Mary Poppins where I'd confide in a few people just to mm. say, oh, I've had a few, but not while I was having it, just yeah. post it. Yeah. Um, just to sort of pass on that information to people that, you know, if I'm ever in that scenario, I could have that support mm. as you, as we said earlier. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's not fun. Mm. Um, but you know, I, I, it's been a while since I've had any sort of attack like that now. Mm. Um, it's cause I'm not in a show. <laughs> <laughs> the pressure is off. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but look, it, it's not, it's not that, you know, it's so debilitating debilitating for me that I can't do the job. I, I can yeah. still do the job. Mm. It's just um, it makes it harder. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want it to be hard. You yeah. want it to be enjoyable. Mm. Yeah. This, this has been such a fun um, chat. Oh, thank you. Uh, no, appreciate it. Sadly have to wrap it up soon. No worries. But um, let me ask you a couple more questions. Go for it. What shows have you been seeing in Melbourne recently? Other than Groundhog Day. <laughs> <laughs> Which has been three times now. One um, of the reasons I moved to Melbourne was stand-up comedy and musicals. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Uh, <laughs> so now that you are in Melbourne, how, how yes. many musicals have you seen since that's, Mary, uh, Poppin and Mary Poppins <laughs> ended? Uh, that's a, a very, very small list. <laughs> um, it's the smallest of Groundhog Day. Are you, because you do come from a musical theatre yeah. background, when you go and see other musicals, is your brain able to sort of switch off and just enjoy the show? Because... As as a writer, I, I I really my passion is writing as well. Mm. So when I read other works, I'm sort of probably overanalyzing it a little bit. Sure. When you go and see a show, would you be overanalyzing the production um, or? Not really. Mm. Um, I only ever sort of start to clue into that sort of mindset if there if I see something that I. <laughs> it's mainly from. A dance perspective, really. For yeah. Me. When yeah. when I go see shows, yeah. or even if it's sometimes technical things, mm-hmm. I, I can sort of I have an eye to know if oh I'm not sure that was meant to happen or just things like that, which mm-hmm. is it's not a bad thing. I can, I can still immerse myself 100. Um, percent uh, But yeah, but sometimes I can be brought out if I I go why is that person sort of you know yawning in the back there or why is that person not giving it as hard as everyone in front of them mm. i can still see you <laughs> i sometimes have just that mindset when i look but that's the creative in me yeah looking at yes. a show in that yeah. way yeah. um but there's there's some shows where that doesn't happen at all mm. so it's just mm. about what what's being given on that particular day with that that, that show but i i can i can switch off <laughs> I don't go in there with a hidden agenda to to rip a show apart yeah, or, to, well, or yeah. to have an opinion. Yeah. I, go, I go in there literally just wanting to be entertained and and wanting to escape into some live theatre. Mm. That's great. Um, what's on the horizon for you? Is it? Would you do another big musical? Production? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so at the moment I'm just going to throw myself into teaching and choreographing because, mm-hmm. as I said, I love that balance of performing and then being the creative. So um, I'm going to do that for a little while. I do potentially have something coming up in the second half of this year, which I can't actually say at the moment because it's not confirmed. Um, um, I'm just sort of, you know, rap- I'm just sort of going through my brain. What musicals are coming out like this? Well, is it, <laughs> the question is, is it here? Is it here in oh. Australia? We don't know. I don't know. It could be on another planet. Um <laughs> Yeah, so uh, there's potentially something yeah. that is is coming, which I'm, I'm I hope does yeah. happen, mm-hmm. uh, which would be wonderful. Um, and if if that does happen, that that would be a, a nice long mm-hmm. long run for me. Um, so at the moment, it's just me trying to sort out from now until uh, that happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm being very, <laughs> and it's yeah, it's it's just because I can't say anything. Mm-hmm. That's why. Mm. Interesting. Okay. But yeah, I, I I'm always looking out for the next shows, and Good. that's sometimes a bit of the challenge. It's trying to find what's right for you. Yeah, well, um, I hope to see you on stage again soon. Oh, I hope so too. <laughs> <laughs> um, what words of wisdom do you live by? Words of wisdom do I live by? Oh gosh. Okay, so just right now, the way my brain is working, I'm really indecisive. Mm. So. When I get questions like that or like even simpler questions like what's your favourite colour or like yeah. what's your favourite this, I can <laughs> spend a really long time trying to figure out what the right answer is. Mm. So um, just letting you know that that's what my brain's doing yeah. right yeah. now. <laughs> Do I have any words 
identify. Um, oh, look, it's a, it's a really sort of, um, actually, uh, I always want to be true to who I am mm-hmm. and to how I feel. Sometimes I don't always speak my mind and I can be a bit of a closed book. Um, I don't like being vulnerable. So I'm always trying to um, just tell myself to feel and be true to who you are and speak it essentially. Um, if it's negative, I'm not going to do that. You know, if it's a negative opinion, I'm not, I'm not treat people the way you want to be treated is, mm. is a big mm-hmm. one that I go by as well. Um, and if it's in relation to this industry, um, I'm always want to make sure I do something that I have a level of passion in. Um, because I think that's really important in this industry and in an artistic industry in general is you need to make sure you're passionate about it. Um, cause I feel like it's, it's not as worth it in the end. And so that can also be a bad thing for me, I guess, cause some shows I relate to some shows I'm passionate about and some that I'm not. Um, so there could be gaps there mm. where all these shows I'm not actually passionate about. But it should should. become very easy to get shackled to someone else's fantasy and not exactly. your own. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but um, but yeah, I I always want to make sure that I I love what I'm doing, mm. um, and that I'm passionate about it. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's some really no, interesting that's, that's things good. to no, say, but no. That's great. Oh. I don't often get asked no. that question. No, that's good. So sometimes I'm not even sure if I have an answer. <laughs> Do I live life a certain way? Yeah. 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 Jack Chambers, <laughs> thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me.